0: to another Hopefield message from Life. For more information about our church, visit
1: lifeau.org. Nadia and I were sharing uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago with our leaders and volunteers that for us, as we have these online services, uh, something of a priority for us is really creating moments for presence. Mm. We're creating room for you to saturate, mm. for you to together have that corporate experience that even though we're maybe sitting on our own right now or we've got our family and the kids are running around in the background, that there would be moments where God and His Holy Spirit would show up, yes. and so we want to share from our heart, just uh, I guess some areas that we can stay, you know, really connected to God's supply during this time. And then we're going to have some continued worship later. And I really believe it's going to be a prophetic moment. It's going to be a Holy Spirit filled moment.
0: Awesome. And I've just had this real sense that, you know, in this season that God actually wants to bring incredible contentment within our confinement. Obviously, there are restrictions all around us, but God's presence, when we encounter his presence in a new way, it brings incredible contentment in our lives. And uh, Paul talks about this in Philippians 3 verse 11 to 13. He says, Hmm. I'm not saying this is because I'm in need for I. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. Awesome. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, mm. whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Wow. And I love that. It's because of His presence. And, you know, Paul pens these words from prison in this prison that he was in, it wouldn't have been a pleasant experience by right. any means. You know, it probably would have meant being whipped, you know, stripped naked, beaten badly before before being thrown in prison. No one looking after his wounds at all, shackled by the feet and hands. Wow. It would have been incredibly cold, dark, smelled horrible with few toilets and horrible conditions.
1: And <laughs> Makes, uh, how's your isolation going? <laughs> exactly. Feels like isolation's a bit of a, a, bit of a breeze at the moment. But, uh,
0: exactly, like it would not have been pleasant at all, yet Paul in the middle of that is able to say, I am still content because of Him who strengthens me. And I just think that is profound, that however we find ourselves at the moment, we're able to find contentment because of who our God is and the fact that He is with us, that His presence is with us, that we are not facing this on our own. We have the power of the Almighty God, not just with us, but He's inside of us. He's flowing through us. He's the God. God that is so much greater than anything we're facing in our mm. circumstance, and it's His presence that we need to give us strength and to sustain us during this time. And so good. you know, through this legacy season that we've been in, we've been talking about going to the summit of the mountain, and I've had God really speak to me about the purity of our supply, the purity of our oxygen supply. See, so when you go so to great good. heights. There is a lack of oxygen. So you've got to be really intentional about your oxygen supply. Be really prepared and You know, Sir Edmund Hillary, he had to prepare to take fresh oxygen with him. The whole team had to. Otherwise, it led to faintness, confusion, loss of judgment and perspective, weakness, loss of consciousness and wakefulness. And you know what, I believe that prophetically, this is a season where we need to be really intentional about where our supply is coming, about the purity of our supply. We need to be diligent in protecting it diligent in getting into God's presence and making sure that He is our source. So yeah. so today we thought it would be awesome to actually look at that whole thought, take yeah. time to look at what it means to get a supply that is pure, a supply that is going to breathe fresh, fresh oxygen into us during this time.
1: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that uh, in context to, you know, for diving. So similar thing, like on the, when you get to certain heights on a mountain, now you've got to be a pretty advanced mountain climber to get to heights where you need oxygen supply. Yes. But I was thinking about it in regards to diving. It's the same thing. You're going into an environment where you're needing a supply of oxygen that's mm. that's outside your ability just to breathe naturally. And. As I was thinking about this and thinking about God's presence and the fact that he desires to be in our life, I thought, you know what's amazing how in these moments that we can be in a place where we actually can feel distant from his presence. Yeah, it's true. You know, and doesn't the Bible tell us in Psalm 139 it says, "Where can I go from your presence?" Yeah. You know, this is David, if, if I go to the mountain top, you're there. If I go to the depths of the valley, you're there. Uh, if I make my bed on the far side, you're there. Like and so the question isn't is God with us? But are we drawing on Him? Uh, And and we sometimes just expect this flow of God to come into our lives with us just sitting there in our, I guess, maybe in our frustration or maybe in our confusion or maybe in the the hurt of maybe losing a job or, or just in the fact of what we can't see. And we're going, come on, where's the supply pouring in? But what I've learned in diving is, is the air is there. It's in the regulator, but you've actually got to draw it in. So, so you can have the regulator in your mouth, but that doesn't mean you're getting that oxygen supply and having the ability to breathe. You've actually got to draw it in. Mm. And it's incredible that when we draw it in, that's what causes us to then have the capacity to, like Nadia said, not to be fatigued, not be faint-hearted, not be disoriented. We actually have this fresh ability to be able to actually you know, think about underwater, see a whole new World, yes. You're exposed to a whole nother world that, on the surface, you don't get to see. And so, I was just thinking about that ability to draw, the ability to get hold of that supply, that presence that's available, actually to become active in our lives. And I thought, you know, so often, and I've been guilty of this. I always think, oh, you know, I'm going to find time. I'm just going to find time, uh, you know, with God today. And if you know, we're just hopeful to find time that somehow we'll stumble across, you know, a half an hour that provides us with the right headspace, (laughs) that enables the to-do list to stop, uh, enables the thoughts of the the environment we're in to be conducive. You know, the the kid's not running around if you've got children, or whatever else might be going. If you're a uni student, the the reality of exams that are coming up, or assignments that need to be done, or whatever else, or teenagers, your belly that's hungry, that's going, I want to eat, I want to eat all these sorts of things, we just think we're going to stumble and find time to have a fresh supply, then the truth is I think we all can say that we've we're probably have got some wishful thinking going on. But the thought of the supply being available means we actually need to make time, mm-hmm. not just find time or look for time or hope time will come, but make time, mm-hmm. carve out time. you know. And actually in the time that we carve out, we have to align it with the place that we're most accessible We're most accessible. God's always accessible, but we're most accessible—that we're able to actually not just you know simply create this moment, but actually tangibly connect in this moment. And I thought about it, you know, in these moments of supply, what we're what we're really needing with God is we need an engaged heart. We need to create a moment. We need to make a time where we have an engaged heart. We need to create and make a moment where we're going to exchange spirit. So good. And we also need to make a moment and create a moment that we're going to enable heaven. Awesome. And you say, what, well, enable heaven? That's a pretty big concept. You know, doesn't he say like, you know, in that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. that." Is that I believe the heaven on earth transaction doesn't need to be, you know, one moment that we have in our life. I believe it's a daily exchange. Yes. That in that heavenly moment, we'll know his presence, we'll know his purpose, and we'll also, will know his power. Mm. And so for us, I guess, you know, this whole isolated season, working at home and all of that, we've really tried to actually, you know, proactively help each other in this. And so in the mornings, I know that that's been Nadia's time. She, she's best in the morning, is able to go straight into that place, wake up and be in that zone. Mm. And so that, for us, we've got the blessing of kids that will not sleep past six o'clock. <laughs> doesn't matter how late we try put them to bed or anything; it just doesn't work, right? So for me, the priority of my uh, morning is to get up and to enable Nadia to have that space. Mm. And so it might be getting them breakfast and all that sort of stuff. And, and I'll take the kids in the morning uh, while I can, and not every day is the same. So don't be frustrated if it doesn't work every day. But how can we at this time assist each other to make time? Mm. You know, and then even for me with the kids, often in the morning I'll come out and I'll put worship on so that even for them, they're surrounded by worship. They're surrounded by praise. I'll ask them, what's your favourite song or what song do you want to play next? Mm. And we engage each other. Now, we're not big on doing crazy devotions and things like that. Uh, Our kids are surrounded in church environment all the time. And so we bring practical life scenarios and we bring God into those on a constant basis. Mm. But we still want to create an intentionality. So again, in the mornings we'll say, hey kids, read your Bible for at least 10 minutes. We'll ask, what did you read about? And then for me, uh, I've now set up an office downstairs. And so when I go downstairs to my office, it's not straight onto the laptop, straight into work, straight into meetings. I actually try and carve time and, you know, and for me, the glass window, i got some chalk pens and I'll write the scripture on the window. I'll write just the one thought that I got out of the passage I read or something I feel like God's just wanting me to, to know at the moment. And for me at the moment, the words only believe has just been something he's just been pressing into my heart, mm-hmm. pressing into my mind space, just only believe. And I got that marked so on good. pen right there. Every time I look up out the window, only believe. So good. And it's about making time, carving up an opportunity to get this... <sighs> Come on, to draw in the oxygen supply that God has available for us.
0: Amazing. And I think the other incredible thing about keeping the purity of our supply is the regularity of our breath. Yeah. And you know, if you look into free diving blackouts, you know, we recently had an incredible tragedy with an amazing snowboarder dying yeah. from this, and really you know sad. shallow water deaths so end up happening because of a lack of proper breathing, a lack mm. of consistency in breathing. You know, most of the time it happens to really strong, incredible athletes. People are used to holding their breath for long amounts of time, and mm. when they've been underwater for a, a period of time, then they come up for air can take on so much air that they end up hyperventilating or over-breathing and this artificially lowers CO2 levels and so when they go back down again, there's not enough CO2 in the blood to tell them to breathe so they just end up blacking out and then can drown. So this lack of consistency, lack of consistently getting oxygen into the body means mm. the body ends up shutting down and wow. you know again yeah. prophetically I just feel like it's the same for us our body, our soul needs consistent oxygen. Yeah. Our spirit needs to consistently meet with the presence of God and so good. you know so what are we doing all throughout our day just to consistently, you know, be receiving and encountering his presence.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. And you know for free diving, um, you know, had the real joy of growing up on the coastline and being in the water all the time. And basically we had a general rule and that is you need to spend, spend twice as long on the surface as you do under the water. You know, so if you spend an un, a minute under the water, you know, hunting for fish or, or whatever it might be, or hunting for a crayfish or just observing, you're underwater for a minute, you actually need to come to the surface and then spend two minutes uh, on the surface, just breathing. And basically what that is enabling is an equilibrium It's enabling the opposite force or the opposite influences that have been in your body to get out the Mm -hmm. CO2 that Nadia talked about. But what's uh, hard about it is it's actually a discipline that needs to be required. Because when you come to the surface, you gasp for air when you're out of oxygen. And it's only within 30 seconds that you're like, oh, I'm ready to go again. And you'll naturally just want to go again. And the challenge of it is, is even though naturally you think, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'll just keep going, like Nadia said, that which you can't see is starting to have a greater level of fatigue and starting to uh, determine your thinking in a way that actually it doesn't read all the signs properly. And I was thinking about that for us. In this season at this time, you know, we we can we're running pretty hard. You know, for all of us, we're running pretty hard. You know, not just because, you know, for some of us we feel like, man, we're in a pretty stagnant season, there's not a lot happening. The truth of it is, is that's still a hard season to go mm-hmm. through. You see, you still gotta be really active with your mind. You still gotta be really determined about what you're doing. And it can be a wearying season. Yeah. There's others, business owners who I know are working around the clock. You know, there's other people who work in firms, and maybe you're nervous about the fact you could lose a job, so you're working twice as hard to try and prove your worth. To to stay in that position. I understand that. We're running hard, but we need to have moments where we get back and get our equilibrium right, mm-hmm. where we don't just go <gasps> and go again, but actually we allow ourselves to stabilize. We allow ourselves to come back to that point where we can see clearly, we can sense God's leading clearly, and we're able to make Holy Spirit, wisdom-filled decisions that align with so God's good. purpose in our lives. And so... We've got to give Rome for our souls to breathe.
0: Yes, we do. So now practically, how do we do that? Well, some of the ways we've found is to take praise breaks, you (laughs) know, (laughs) just in the middle of the day, just to take a break when things can seem too much, you know, everything is going on around you. Take a praise break. And there is nothing like praise to enter us into God's presence. And, you know, again, the Bible just teaches consistently about giving thanks. You know, Philippians 4 verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There's just so many scriptures that time and time again, just talk about always give thanks, always be grateful, always give praise. And when we do that, there's just a shift that happens in our spirit. And we need to, as Craig was saying before, make sure that we don't just settle, you know, in what is hard, but we keep lifting our spirit, keep lifting our perspective and praise helps us do that.
1: Yeah, it really does. It's funny, Willie, even do it with the kids. Yeah. You know, there'll be times that there's just tension, there's just frustration, there's just everybody's in everybody's space. And then we'll be like, that's it, you know. Literally grab a praise song, uh, and and we we'll just turn it up loud and we dance around the room and we grab easy, he's only two, uh, you know, and we swing him around, and, and it just lifts something. Yeah. You know, and for us, there'll be times we we'll say, pause, stop, let's get out, go for a walk, or just go into mm-hmm. the backyard. And and again, it just lift lift your eyes, lift your perspective. So good. Um, I think the other one, and I kind of referred to it before in regards to how how we're living our life right now, but we need boundaries. Mm-hmm. We need boundaries. We need the blessing of boundaries. You know, to be honest, I'm talking to many people and, and often I just hear about the crazy hours that people are doing and I get it. I understand. We get it right now. Mm-hmm. There, there, there is a season right now where, man, we're, we're stretched more than ever before, but we must Embrace boundaries. Mm-hmm. We must not just let this become the the norm that just takes over everything. Uh, that you know, because yeah, sure, we might have stay on top of our work or somewhat feel like we're we're doing well for our boss or we're we're getting things on top. But yeah, what about your family? And what about your health? And what about your valued relationships? You know, are we denying those things? So that we can stay you know fully occupied in our work environment and getting this sorted and getting that sorted, and you know we need time to rest, we need time to stop, uh, we need to look after ourselves and I really want to encourage us you know like if you're saying yes to work into the middle hours of the night uh, you know and that's going on all the time and you're not having conversations around how are we going to see this change. I want to encourage you, come on, some people need to have some good conversations with their bosses and sort Mm -hmm. this out. Business owners, you know, for some of us, the the list will never end. I've come to realize that over the years, the list will never end. Mm -hmm. I could work all day and all night and the list will still be there. There'll be needs that I need to follow up, people I need to connect with. But I've just had to learn and go, you know what? When I rest my head on my pillow at the end of the night, can I say, God, I gave it my all. Mm -hmm. Yes, I gave it my all. And I can go, you know what, what I didn't get done, Holy Spirit, make it priority tomorrow that I'll be able to step into what you need me to step into. Because I want to do a good job, I want to do the right thing, but we need to implement boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, where there is increased demand, we need increased discipline. Where there is increased demand, we need increased discipline.
0: Awesome. So good. And I think the other one that I've been really stirred about is, you know, keeping our song during this season. That's cool. Yeah, when I was in high school, I worked as a tour guide um, in an old gold mine. And one Mm. of the things we learned was when miners were working down in the mines, in the depths of the mines, our oxygen supply was one of the main concerns. And so they would send down a canary in a cage. And if the canary stopped singing, it showed that the oxygen levels were just too low and the Mm -hmm. miners had to get out of there and You know, I, think our song reveals where our oxygen supply is at wow. and in this season let's make sure we keep our song so you good. know, have moments of worship, you know, worship where we just come before God, where we're real with how we're feeling, where we so can good. vent our emotions, God has given us worship because it it stirs something emotionally on the inside of us it's this emotional transaction that we can have with God and you know He can handle our emotions, He can so handle good. our feelings. Are you sure and- He
1: can handle all the emotions
0: <laughs> he can more than some, and you know we're we'll that's why keep... he's God and I'm not. we have got to keep bringing that stuff to God, venting our emotions yeah. to Hear Him. That? That.
1: <laughs> Take it to God, not to your spouse. Take it to the Lord. Okay, we've heard, we've heard can,
0: enough. There. Okay,
1: carry on. And Put worship
0: <laughs> is also it's a powerful weapon that we can use. You know, if we're struggling with that's things, yeah. worship is about it leads us into freedom. You know, I think the amazing thing. Uh, when Moses was asking Pharaoh to release the Israelites from Egypt, he said to him, let my people go so that they can worship. Sorry, God actually said, let my people go yeah. so they can worship me. You know, he was referring to their freedom, but he framed it in terms of their worship. And there's freedom that comes when we worship. And we see this all through the Bible. You know, when David played the harp for Saul, the evil spirit would leave when he worshiped. So when Paul and Silas were in prison, they were worshiping when they yeah. were set free. You know, when Elijah needed a word from God, he asked for the harpers to come in. And as he worshipped, he received a word from God. You know, when two enemy nations came against Israel and King Jehoshaphat, they didn't panic. They came before God and God said, I want you to worship. And so they sent the singers and the trumpeters before the army of Israel. And as they worshipped, it turned their enemies against each other. Come on, worship is a Powerful. powerful tool that we can be using at this time just to break ourselves out Some stuff. Come on, if you're struggling, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling frustrated, maybe dealing with anxiety and depression, worship is an incredible key that we can get ourselves out of that place and into the presence of God that brings us breakthrough.
1: So good. Love that. You stirred up? I'm stirred up. It's just amazing. I think another one for me is I need to learn to trust the supply. You know, again, we're thinking about the oxygen on the mountain or in the diving scenario. You've got to trust the supply. You've got to trust what's in there. Mm. And I think about that when it comes to the Word of God, like in the scenario in the situation that we're in. We've got to trust our supply. Mm. We really have to trust our supply. What I find though, uh, and something I was encouraged in this week as we were talking as a as a team, uh, is just this whole thought that we all have a but. Yeah. You know, we can say, oh, I tr- yeah, I trust God, but you know, the truth of it is, is, is you know. I don't know right now where you know the next job's gonna come from, or I don't know, you know, if I'm gonna get a call back for the interview, or I don't know, and we have a butt that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, your butt, my butt, and I'm not trying to be vulgar, please don't don't think like that, but at the same time, it'll either get in the way or it'll make a way. Mm-hmm. We decide. Mm-hmm. Our butt will either get in the way or make a way. We are the ones that choose. You know, in talking about, as you did in regards to worship and pouring your heart out, we've got the Psalm 13 and and David's doing exactly this. He says, how long, Lord, you know, will you forget me? How long, you know, will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Does it sound familiar to our situation (laughs) right now? Absolutely. And it goes on, how long, how long, how long? You know, look at me, God. Look at me. I'm here. Look. Uh, You know, give light to my eyes or or I'll sleep in death. My enemy will say, they have overcome. Uh, You know, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. There's all this kind of pouring his emotions out, pouring his heart out. Brilliant. We need to do that. Yet there's this thing inside him that he trusts his supply, he trusts the foundation of who his God is. And he says this in verse five: he says, But I trust. Here's that but, but I trust so good. in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation and I will sing. There's the worship to the Lord for he has been good to me. Yeah, I mean, Come on, do not forget what God has done in your life. Yeah. You know, do not forget. Now don't, I know for all of us, we've got challenging situations. Once this season's done and dusted and COVID's over, there's going to be something else we're going to face in our life. And we have the choice to do either, but I trust or, but I don't know what's going to happen or, but I don't know how long this will last and, but I can't do this and, but I'm not that and, but I won't this and, but it doesn't that and, but you don't understand Yeah, maybe the people around you, maybe I don't understand. But we have a God who is more than able. We have a God who sees, a God who can make a way. Amplify our but trust in Him. Amplify our but desire for him to move and to, to land ourselves on his word. You know, it was funny about five or six weeks ago when we were uh, in that position and actually starting to work towards, okay, let's get you know, in-person services happening again. There were so many variables. There were so many, how many limits and what time frame and what can they, and, and they, they, you know there were so many. I was sitting on the couch with a bunch of the team in my office and we're talking about it and I just said, but I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I felt straight away God said clearly in my heart, He goes, but I do, Mm. but I do. And you know what? Do we rely on what we naturally can't see and what we naturally don't know? Or do we rely on the fact that we have a God who sees everything, Mm. a God who's outside of time, a God who says He's the Alpha and the Omega, the God who sees the, the beginning from the end? You know, I love Isaiah 40, 31. It says, But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar in wings like eagles, mm-hmm. run and not go weary, walk and not be faint. And in that moment, I decided, What am I going to try and grab to? Am I going to grab hold of these, but I don't know this, and but I don't know that, and grab hold of these things, which, to be honest, are incredibly tiring. They draw and and drain your spirit. Or am I going to hold on to what I do know and what I can see and who I can see over literally thousands of years has proven faithful and someone whose character I can rely on? Yeah, amen. Can I encourage us? Our butt, you know, again, is the biggest, strongest muscle in our bodies. Our gluteus maximus is the largest, most powerful muscle in our body. And its purpose is to keep our trunk, the trunk of our body upright is also the, the, the chief uh, muscle that enables us to stand against the things that pull us down, gravity. Come on, a healthy butt. Will hold you upright. Yes. A healthy, engaged butt will enable you to rise and walk into what God has. Come on, you may turn the fire up, but we will not bow down. Come on, I might lose my life standing for the people of God, but if I perish, I perish, said Esther. Father, I haven't done anything wrong. These sins are not my own, but not my will, but your will be done. You know, this This but that puts ourselves back into a f- supply that's not based on human ability, but based on our Saviour. Come on, based on the name above every other name, based on the wonder of who our God really is. Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but, come on, Matthew 19, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Mm-hmm. Let's put our but, come on, let's strengthen our but in God, put our trust in God in this time.
0: So good. and. You know, just as we come to a close right now, and you know, I was actually reading recently that on the Everest climb uh, that it's recommended that you take at least five bottles of oxygen with you because along the way, probably one is gonna be broken. They recommend, you know, you don't want to live on rations when it comes to oxygen. You've got to have more than you need. And you know, it reminded me from a passage from the Bible where Jesus shares a story about, you know, ten women waiting for their bridegroom to come. Five were wise and five were foolish. And the five foolish ones just took their lamps, but the five wise ones brought their lamps plus spare oil in case the oil ran out. And they ended right. up waiting for a long time and they needed more oil. So the foolish ones had to go out and get more oil while And while they went out, the bridegroom came. And so the wise ones went into the banquet with the groom, but the foolish ones missed out. You know, when the Bible is talking about oil, it represents the presence of God. Right. And you know what, we don't wanna be living in a place where we have yeah. just what we need, just what we need to get by when it comes to the presence of God. We wanna live in a place where just in the overflow, where so it's good. not about survival mode. Yeah. You know, the foolish uh, ones, they ask the wise ones for their oil, but the wise ones couldn't give them their oil. And it was, it's something that each of us needs to get for ourselves. Brilliant. We all need our own supply. We all need to nourish, to protect our oil supply. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.